Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm your host, Steve Kropi. And I'm Paul Burkhart. Uh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Um, what sets the stage for a video game better than its opening scenes, its cinematics, or, or just whatever? Video game openings. That's what we're talking about this week. Um, that's right. This came about, we were talking one night, like, you and I both think the Elden Ring opening cinematic is incredible. It, I, there's few opening cinematics in a game that have gotten me as hyped to play the game itself as that one. And then that got us talking like, well, what are some other good like opening cinematics? <clears throat> and we're racking the brain and trying to think of them and stuff. And when you look at lists online, you don't really find ones for cinematics. You find over, you know, like openings that are very cool. And they're awesome, but I wouldn't consider them cinematics. So we decided instead right. of making just cinematics a topic, we would maybe talk about um, just the openings. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, whether or not they involve gameplay. Right. You know. Right. Because um, there are some incredible ones out there. And, and it's so important in a video game, right? Where the opening, if it's really good, I'm in for the whole game. You know what I mean? Like, if they catch yeah, me just, with that opening. And that's not to say that games that haven't had, you know, weaker openings haven't still managed to hook me in. Um, but, you know, it it really depends. Like, some of these that we're going to talk about, I think, are incredible examples of really good mm-hmm. video game openings. Um, you know what? I've been meaning to ask you, though, buddy. Any new Cindy questions? Oh no, no. She she we've been too covered up with the move and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um she hasn't had a chance to really dive in. We have started playing um we you know, we finished The Last of Us 2 and we've started playing Little Nightmares, which is a pretty cool game. Okay. Um kind of twisted little fab uh like a fable kind of not not fable the game, but like um like a, a children's tale fairy tale kind of deal right right, Um, right. but it's dark and twisted it's it's a lot like the um limbo uh inside it's it's a lot like those kind of games that's cool and uh you know she just sits there and watches me play and 
it's pretty cool, man. That's what we're doing right now. But I'm sure we'll have some Cindy questions coming in the future. I'll gently nudge her for some more. Yeah, just whenever. Don't force it, you know. Whenever a good one comes, I always like uh, doing those. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. So I saw this article this week. Apparently, the parent company that owns From Software um, is talking... You know what? Let me pull up some information because I don't want to... Um, yeah, because this is news to me. I haven't heard this. <clears throat> um, Whatever it is you're about to tell me. So, this... Um, they're owned by Katakawa, right? That's that's their uh, parent company. And they're a huge mm -hmm. Japanese firm that has like a bunch of entertainment brands under it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Including a lot of anime and manga properties. And right. I've seen Katakawa come up before animes before. Yes. I knew I'd heard that. Yes. Um, and they, in, in a financial earnings thing they announced that they are planning to adapt some of its manga and anime properties into video games and under like the section where they were talking about resources that they could use um, to make that happen they listed from software and spike chunsoft um, spike chunsoft is the the company that made that jump force game that like okay. anime crossover <clears throat> um, arena fighting game or whatever. Arena fighter, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, buddy, what can you, <laughs> what, like, <laughs> from developing an anime game? Like, that's gotta be appealing to my dude Steve. Like, you're the biggest from fan I know, and probably one of, if not the biggest anime fan I know. So, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm all about it, and that's cool as shit to me. I, I don't know what anime, Kadokawa is responsible for. Well, um, there's a big one that, like, if they announced that they were that From was making a, an anime game based off of this, do they have the rights to Berserk? No. Okay, because well, that's the might. one that they. They might. That's the one that makes the most sense for From, but what what's the one you're about to, to drop on me? This could be interesting. Evangelion. Oh my god. Buddy, a FromSoft Evangelion game? Because Evangelion is definitely a, a big influence on From as well. Some of the designs, even in Elden Ring, reminded me of Evangelion a lot. So, so buddy. I, I mean, yeah, I, I would be... I would be insane to play that. And uh, I don't know, you know, how likely any of this is, but they listed them as a possible resource to make these anime adaptation games happen. Um, mm -hmm. And From is big enough at this point, you know, like they're mainstream now. Mm -hmm. They sold more than Call of Duty. I mean, 13 million in a month. Dude, that's insane. So they probably are big enough to even open another sub studio now to just work on something like that yeah yeah like it would seem very unlikely <laughs> that they um would have that be their main project you'd have to imagine that you know the souls stuff is going to be their main focus but you could yeah, i could still see 
yeah, like you said, this being like sort of a side project for them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, I mean they have a they have a B team, and the B team has done, I believe, the mostly did the work on Sekiro, and that game's pretty incredible. So, um, I I'd love to see an anime property from them. It wouldn't matter which anime, really. I mean, an Evangelion one would, of course, be like the dream oh that or berserk but yeah man um um I, I remember Anything, really i remember reading that and then being like i should send this article to steve and then i never did so i just thought i'd drop it on you here um perfect time for it yeah man I, I, that's interesting i you know like licensed or or, or adaptations of properties can be so hit or miss it's we're we're mm-hmm. definitely in a better age for that than like when we were kids when you would see like you know a, a game based off of a movie or something that you liked and there was a good chance right. it was gonna fucking suck but yeah. or vice, vice versa yeah even. yeah so i yeah i be interested to see i don't know how long it'll be until we find out what from's next game is gonna be but uh as old Papa Palpatine said, I'll be watching their career with great interest. <laughs> I am looking yeah, forward I to imagine, see what that is. I imagine it will be quite some time. And I just, I think Elden Ring 2 will be their next big project. But I feel like there will be something smaller in between uh, yeah. Elden Ring and Elden Ring 2. So what that is... We won't know for probably at least a year or two. It seems unavoidable that we get an Elden Ring 2 at some point, given how much it's sold. Like, I saw an article the other day that said it's hitting, like, Call of Duty sales numbers, Elden Ring is. Mm -hmm. In the amount of people I know personally who have picked up Elden Ring as their first Souls game and haven't put it down, you know what I mean, have not let it scare them away has is incredible like shout out to yeah, luke and way. eric yaman from the uh the bad <laughs> motivators both those dudes are hardcore into elden ring right now having never played a souls game and they didn't let it scare them away so yeah i mean hell the bad motivators could basically be called the elden ring podcast for the last couple of like couple of weeks <laughs> they yeah. talk about it so much and yeah. i love it <laughs> yeah it's all aw- it's so it, like it's so crazy, man, to see this because as someone who was never able to get their mind around a Souls game until Demon Souls and then Elden Ring, it always seemed so niche. Popular, like, mm-hmm. ni- popular for a niche, for sure, right? This isn't like... No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, like, their stuff was especially niche early mm-hmm. on, and it just kind of started doing better and better. It just started yeah. catching on with people more and more. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I'm kind of jealous that you get to, at some point, get to go through the Dark Souls series because you've never done that. Yeah, I I want to do it, man. I'm going to. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm no no rush on. Oh, it. I know. I, I know, I know I that know. one day one day it'll happen, and and I'll be very overjoyed. Something tells me <laughs> rub my hands together. I'll have a, at least a good uh a good amount of time until the next Souls game. So hopefully, I can get a couple taken care of then. Um, That'd be sick. So, buddy, speaking of Elden Ring, I mean, that cinematic opening is 
so incredible. The voice acting. It's the genesis of this very episode. Um, Mm -hmm. We've talked about it so much that we don't need to talk about it anymore. I did a real dumb, you know, version of the (laughs) intro for Elden Ring episodes. Damn near blew up my my voice. It's my favorite thing. I love it. Don't don't call it dumb. I love it so much. It's pretty dumb. (laughs) Um, But when I say to you, like, video game openings... You know, the opening minutes to, I don't know, what would you say, maybe first hour of a video game? What pops into your head? So I'm I'm thinking of approaching this uh, from kind of like when we initially talked about it, from like earliest kind of to to most recent, I guess. Uh So the first one I'm going to bring up is Super Metroid, uh, which has like that kind of opening level where Samus is making her way through this dark kind of destroyed laboratory or Uh whatever and there's like all the dead bodies and blood everywhere which wasn't in the first metroid and it ends with that crazy fight against ridley yeah and then you have to you have to get out while there's like a a self the thing's about to explode you have to get out before it explodes you know Mm -hmm. and just that whole thing hooked me like no other uh game at the time had i don't i don't feel like games back then were as much about like setting the tone as they were just like here's the game play it and that was yeah. kind of the first one that i remember really kind of really grabbing me from from the opening minutes like just oh my gosh this is i, I was invested in a way that i wasn't it, it hadn't been up to that point so that yeah that's a big it, one for me when we were talking about this on discord like i was having a hard time because you know it's really easy to think of more modern stuff because it's stuff I've played more recently, but it was hard to think of something from sort of the eight bit era that mm-hmm. really had a strong opening. Like is the opening of super Mario brothers strong? Like you get thrown into the first level, you're jumping on Goombas, you know, you're getting <laughs> coins right, and yeah. shit. Yeah. It's strong. Like it made an indelible impact on me as a kid, but it's not, not necessarily what I'm talking about when we talk about, best openings in a video game right Mm -hmm. i i think because i definitely played these before i played super metroid um the openings to final fantasy four and six um Mm -hmm. those are very good very good you know with four you know you being part of this like military force and it's you and your best buddy kane and you're like um attacking these villages looking for these crystals and shit and then you start off as the bad guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and are we you, the baddies? Yeah, yeah. you, you sort slowly sort of um, come to realize that. And in six, you know, you're playing as Terra and you're being like mind controlled. And it's got that awesome opening of them in like the Magitech suits, like mm-hmm. walking through the mountains, coming up on this town and shit. Six was a lot harder to parse for me. Not saying it wasn't an amazing intro, but like four like that the setting for four was a little more familiar right yes. it's kind of that fantasy and so i was able to latch onto that immediately and just get sucked into that story yeah like, like you said that little village you get to and you find the, the kid who can who can summon um and six was amazing as well but i just remember being like what's going on here it took me a minute to kind of get my feet under me yeah still cool yeah, it is still really cool. Well, you know, six is sort of where they started to 
go a little more sci-fi fantasy, wouldn't you say? Where with like the absolutely, mechs yeah, and stuff, and obviously, um, Final Fantasy VII would uh, take that ball and really run with it. Final Fantasy VII, I think, has an incredible opening. Like if you it's show on my list, yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, if, we can go ahead and talk about it now. <laughs> if you show a kid the opening uh, cinematic from you know the PlayStation release of Final Fantasy VII. They'll be like, what is this baby game bullshit you're showing me? But <laughs> as a kid, seeing that opening cinematic and how, like, you know, it's it's the shot of Midgar and the train pulling in and you're just immediately in the action. There's no, like, real setup. All you know is you're a hired mercenary. You're with this guy who seems a little bit like m- m- uh, Mr. T., and you guys are going to blow up <laughs> some sort of reactor. You know what I mean? And the I, music is on point, yeah. by the way. <laughs> the music is on point. Like, you, you're you this dude with spiky hair and a big fucking berserk uh, buster, buster sword. sword. Yeah, yeah, man. And <laughs> the way that they slowly introduce the world-building elements of this story. And if you want to know my honest feelings... The opening of Final Fantasy VII comprises of from the moment you start the game until you leave Midgar, which is a good, you know, four or five hours of gameplay. I, I consider that the entire opening. Once you leave Midgar, I, f- I feel like you're out of the, the opening and into the real game itself. But what they managed to do as far as world building and character building and slowly you know, unraveling this giant story, this weird fucking story they're about to tell you, I think is uh, really fucking well done. And it's... I think you're right. I, I think that, like, the whole Midgar is basically a prologue. Yeah. Whereas, like, for me, the opening would be, like, the reactor, that first reactor, right? Yeah. Which both are just really awesome to me. Like... <sighs> Seven was one of those games where, like, it actually felt like it had a real prologue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that there was like a clear line of demarcation, like when you leave Midgar. You yeah. know, you and... had spent just enough time there to get comfortable, and then you go out into the big wide world. And, uh, and I, I wanna... thought it was really well done there. I want to give a special shout out to. Um the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Because oh my God, the yes. way that it like s- sort of seamlessly recreates the feeling of that opening reactor, but you know, it's, it's definitely different. The combat's different. You know, it's, it looks incredible. And then the moment you get done blowing up that first reactor is where things start getting weird. And you notice that there's like differences going on incredible the way they pulled that off is incredible because for such a well-regarded well-loved titan of a game in video game history fucking with stuff like that is a risk and oh yeah the fact that they did and pulled it off is really impressive to me really really impressive yeah that that game they nailed it you know Mm -hmm. uh just the the feel from the original game uh, they kept kind of the same shot yep. of the train pulling in. Yep. But once Cloud get, gets out of the train, you know, or gets off the train, you see just how stunning he looks. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah, i mean <laughs> it, it's weird because playing the original back in 1997 uh <laughs> in my mind this looked the same to me <laughs> you know when i was playing it mm -hmm. like uh yeah, this, those graphics were, yeah, were new at the time <laughs> that's what i mean that's what i'm trying to get across you just fucking vocalized it perfectly buddy like I had the same feeling playing the remake as I did in 1997 in those opening moments. Mm -hmm. And not for nothing, when you finally get to seventh heaven after blowing up the first um, fucking reactor, you get into Tifa's bar and Tifa's there. Whew, mm -hmm. It was like seeing an old high school <laughs> girlfriend and damn, she's aged well. <laughs> Incredibly well. Incredibly well. <laughs> Incredibly well. Just yeah, ask but the shout Italian outs to, Senate. Shout outs. No, oh my God. Yeah. Shout outs to all the Final Fantasy games, really. Like, they've kind of all done intros pretty well, I got to say. I think even eight had a, a, a really memorable one, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, the Like, I'm sitting here trying to think of one where I would be like, oh, the intro to this Final Fantasy isn't very good. And one's not <laughs> popping into my head. Like, right. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> 13 which it's not is not one you think of. Yeah, 13 which is considered, you know, on the lower end of the scale of like the Final Fantasy games that people like has an incredible opening segment. Um 12 has a incredible opening segment. So they really know how to do that. Okay. 15. <laughs> 15 starts <laughs> off a little boring. I'm not going to lie like Some you're... people some people love the intro for that where you're pushing the car with the dudes and stand by me is playing yeah or whatever I, mean, I get that and and it, it is it works well in the context of the story that 14 is, or 15 is telling about the brotherhood between these four right guys and 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 all that stuff so it does work well it's just maybe on the lower end for me mm -hmm. what you got next buddy so go i'm gonna go backwards again although this is a little more current i guess um I can't remember what year Half-Life came out in, but that's the one that uh want to talk about. 98? Yeah. Sounds about right. So first person shooters had been kind of a a thing up to that point, but Half-Life was the first game that really took the narrative of them and kind of turned it into something special. Yeah, like turned it into something more than just running around and shooting shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was a quote unquote story to things like Doom or Wolfenstein or right. uh Quake or Quake. Duke Nukem. But the story was like in the manual, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it, it was <laughs> right. it was light. You knew what was going on, but it wasn't like half life. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like with the Half Life manual, they were really cagey about what they told you in mm -hmm. the manual. They didn't. They didn't really give too much away there. And when you boot, when you boot into the game, like you're you're what you're on this tram, and you, you yeah. you're hearing like this this voice talk to you about the Black Mesa facility that you're going into and mm -hmm. the rules and regulations or whatever. And you're you're just free to look around and you kind of see you're going into this mountain and. You eventually go through like some innocuous scientist stuff before you open the portal to whatever dimension. Yeah, like, so the way Half Life introduces you into that world is what 
I think sometimes people would consider to be a little boring. Like you said, you're taking this train ride. You're just a scientist going to his job, checking in, and then you go to do your first experiment, and shit goes south. And and then at that point, like, it just becomes kind of terrifying, and you're just trying to survive. Yes. But, like, the, the, the opening to me is just super memorable. Like, you just kind of feel something is, is going to happen. And I remember the, the scientists telling you to move the, the crystal or whatever it is into uh-huh. the, <laughs> it's, and it opens the portal and they start screaming. And um, it, it, it's just so memorable to me, the, the way that one opens and half-life two has a great uh, intro as well. It does. Cause, but cause I, I expected it at that point too. Yeah. Like the intro to half-life two is so interesting because like you're, it's a sequel to Half-Life, but you're coming in back into this world and it's almost completely different. Like the world is dealing with this, the combine and the alien threat mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's like all the propaganda right, the, and shit going on. Like it's really fucking cool. Yeah. They've leveled the, the game leveled up for mm-hmm. sure. But I the, the original one just had that impact of, of not knowing what to expect when you played it. And I wasn't one of those, like, day one, I bought it. You know, I knew about Half-Life because it had generated this incredible amount of buzz yes. by the time I heard about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I didn't know what I was in store for. Just knew that I had heard people being like, oh, well, Half-Life is the best game that's ever been made kind of shit. Right. Yeah. And, and, and getting and... to play that for the first time with, with a fresh graphics card in my computer, dude. I was so excited to do it. Uh, what a great I, memory. Half-Life was my... Uh... Christmas lift game Christmas list game of 1998. I got it for Christmas in 1998. So it had been out for at least a little while at that point. Uh mm-hmm. and what a good choice cuz you know, you toss a video game you've never played on your Christmas list, it could go w- either way. <laughs> you might get Half-Life or you might get Punch-Out, <laughs> not Mike Tyson's <laughs> Punch-Out, Punch-Out where the only thing that's different is the final boss. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Let me, okay, so we talked about 1998. Let me take you just a few years later. And I don't feel like this is one of the best regarded games in the series, but I think I'm going to bring this one up because I think they took a page out of Half-Life's book, and that's Doom 3. Mm, Interesting. Like, Doom 3 was the first time that they did try to do, like, a a narrative that you could follow through this first-person shooter. And you're on the space station, you know, in Mars. You know what's coming, right? And then literal all hell breaks loose. That was the Mm -hmm. first game I ever played that had an atmosphere that scared me. Oh, yeah. Like... That was that was the one that had the soundtrack by the dude who was in Nine Inch Nails, right? Right. Chris Brenna. And and like yeah. it had the system where you could either hold your flashlight up or hold a gun up. It maybe not the best <laughs> thing, but it, it definitely created an atmosphere and it was scary. Like before that I had been scared by games, you know, jump scares in like Resident Evil games and stuff. This was the first game I played where there was nothing scary necessarily going on on screen, but the atmosphere freaked me out. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think it's a pretty cool, strong opening, the way that Doom 3 kicks off. That was a game that came out... So I want to say it came out like between Half-Life and Half-Life 2 because 
I know the apartment I lived at in Starkville, and I remember my roommate in that apartment getting Half-Life 2 the day it came out, and Doom 3 had already been out by that point, and was tough on your boy's computer at the time, too. Oh my god, Doom 3 was brutal on computers when it came out. I remember that I could barely run that. Mm -hmm. Same here. Um, the lighting just brought my graphics cards to its knees. <laughs> you start smelling like that weird electronic smoke from <laughs> from your tower. You're like, "Well, oh, that shit ain't good." So I'm I need gonna... to get a fan. Yep, yep. I need to get a tiny fan. <laughs> um, so I think Doom Three has a pretty strong opening. Um, Doom 2016 does as well. Um, yeah, I dig. I dig the the recent Doom 2016 one. That one's really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. You just get such a good um, kind of grasp of your character's kind of badassness. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, and when you get on the, uh, e even if you take the opening to after you get the shotgun and you get on the elevator and he does the shotgun click with the music and the Doom screen, title screen hits, man, yep. it's awesome. It's really sick. <laughs> um, you know, one that I want to bring up. Uh... I believe this game came out the year before Half-Life, and that's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Ooh, good choice. What a I like this one. Cool fucking opening, because it literally starts with the end of the previous game in the timeline, Rondo of Blood. So, you mm -hmm. know, for the majority of uh, Symphony of the Night, you play as Alucard, but the game starts you off playing as Richter. It's a very old school feelings, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Castlevania feel yeah. where you're side scrolling, you're fighting monsters, you get into the castle and you fight Dracula. And then it, yeah, it happens really fast. Yes. Yes. And the music is cool. And like the sprite work is amazing. You know, uh, all stuff mm -hmm. that we don't have to like people know that have played symphony of the night. Uh, and then that switch of like, going from playing a very familiar feeling character in Castlevania with the whip and shit to changing to Alucard. Mm -hmm. So cool. And then the fact that once you get to play Alucard, you realize, oh, this isn't like a level-based side-scrolling Castlevania game. This is something much different. It is the game um, uh, that put the uh vania in metroid vania you know it absolutely is yeah and another cool ass thing about that intro or opening when you switch over to alucard you've got all his powers yes and then they they strip them from you which mm -hmm. I, I don't recall being a thing uh before that i could be wrong but i feel like that was the first time that i kind of was like started the game as being super powerful and then they kind of took that away from you yeah which and would it be made you, you want know, to go get them, get it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it, it gave you like this preview of how powerful you will be eventually. You know, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, yep. So I think that opening is very fucking cool. I totally agree. Um, around that time frame as well, the first Resident Evil. Oh, with the... uh, well, <laughs> yeah, with the the crappy um kind of real movie that they they shot at the beginning of it yep yep i love it i do too like, man. i love it 
it's so cheesy <laughs> it's so corny and then like but it 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 emulated it gave you a feel of like oh shit am i playing night of the living dead the game or some shit yeah. you know what i mean like yep. totally it's so good so yeah, so it got- good got me ready to play the game you know like the way that they could the, the chopper crashes or whatever mm-hmm. and they have to run into the, the house and does it's... a really good job of setting up the mood when that when that first dog crashes through the window there's not a person who's played resident evil who's listened to this podcast who doesn't know what i'm talking about that didn't jump you know what i mean mm-hmm. everybody jumped <laughs> that game did it right <clears throat> um uh Speaking of Resident Evil, I think we would be remiss not to mention the opening of Resident Evil 4. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Very good mood setter. Yeah, man. And then, like, the way you you show up in this, like, rural Spanish village and there's, like, all these crazy people running around. You're super low on supplies and shit. And then the fucking chainsaw man comes out after you. Man, oh, man, like that opening is terrifying in, in, in the way that um, because four is is a departure from the first three from the way you exactly. play and, and stuff like that. I was going to say, yeah, play is completely different. So when that dude comes at you, you're almost like not sure of what to do. Right. <laughs> it's a what different game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, incredible. Man, I love Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I'm really, really eagerly anticipating uh, the remake of that. I think uh, it's a game that could could benefit from a remake. Yeah, I really... Because as, as good as it is, there's there's parts of it that don't hold up. Like, I I can't stand the not being able to move and shoot, mm-hmm. uh, aim and shoot kind of thing. I hate that. I know that it's a tension-building mechanic, but you can do better than that now, and I think they'll be able to do yeah some cool stuff with that remake especially if it's on the the two remake level that's what i was gonna say if they follow uh the quality of the two and three remakes then four could be really fucking stunning i kind of feel like that's where they need to stop though like there's no need to remake five there's no need to remake six you know agreed yeah i mean without that i i love five and i know that i'm kind of in the minority there um, but I think five is a lot of fun. I I don't think it needs a remake. I think, I think five is a lot of fun too. I have a lot of positive feelings about five because of playing it co-op with you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's weird how five just tries to almost repeat the same formula as four, but in a different location. Instead of Spain, you're in Africa. And like, even there's right. like a chainsaw guy early on in the mm-hmm. first village and mm-hmm. stuff. It is weird how yeah. they were just like, mm, let's do the same thing we did in four, but like in Africa. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they tried to connect the story, so it made you know kind of made sense and oh, in for the sure. canon for sure. But yeah, um, I want to bring up, you know, your boy cannot talk about a bunch of different games without bringing up a Star Wars game. Okay. Oh, oh, can I guess which one? Go for it. The Old Republic. No. No, I I do think the opening for Knights of the Old Republic is cool. Um, In my research, I saw it may it may have been for the Old Republic, or maybe it was for like an expansion. But the the intro video was these two, I guess, brothers. Oh, now you know the video I'm talking about. Buddy, now if we're talking opening cinematics, 
the old right. republic has some cr- okay hold on let's take a quick aside because we have to address something <laughs> opening cinematics in games the old republics are fucking incredible i would love to see a full length old republic era movie done in that cg style like let that company give them whatever budget they need have them crank out an hour and a half two hour animated movie for disney plus and i would be stoked even better than the old republic cinematics are blizzard cinematics like oh yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention theirs holy <laughs> shit blizzard cinematics like I don't even play World of Warcraft anymore, but every time they put out a new cinematic for a World of Warcraft ex- expansion, I get the urge. I'm like, should I sign back up and start a new character? Did you see I that cinematic? That cinematics are just so good. And they, they're they all good. Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, Starcraft. Starcraft, yeah. They all get incredible cinematics. And fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we decided not to, to make cinematics the basis of yeah. this because it's kind of hard to really talk about cinematic because they just kind of keep getting better mm-hmm. at this point. So yeah. you'd have to talk about like in terms of impressiveness, like the stuff they're doing these days is is really super impressive. So, But uh, the Star Wars game that I want to mention is having a really cool opening is actually The Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Yeah, is that the one with, with Vader? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So The Force Unleashed is, I think in retrospect, a pretty silly game. I loved it at the time. <laughs> it's very fun to play. Like, it's tight. It's basically, you know, Star Wars God of War is, is kind of what the idea behind that game is. But the opening of the game has you playing as a fully powered Darth Vader who gets dropped on Kashyyyk, the Wookiee homeworld, because he is looking for a, uh, a Jedi that survived Order sixty six and that is in, in it, that is in hiding, and <clears throat> it does such a good job of introducing you to the world of the Force Unleashed and the mechanics of the Force Unleashed. Because I think the Force Unleashed has one of the best um, mechanics for using the Force in a Star Wars video game as far as like, you know, force pushes and grabbing stuff with the force. It did it in a really, really cool way. Um, but you're playing as Darth Vader. There's hordes of Wookiees coming at you. You're invincible. And just like um, in Symphony of the Night, you have all the powers available to you that you will later have in the Force Unleashed. And like man is it cool man is it cool playing as darth vader and just crushing stuff with the force picking wookies or even you you know your own stormtroopers up and flinging them across the map and all the lightsaber stuff it's really cool in in a in a list of a lot of cool openings in star wars video games i think the force unleashed is definitely up there nice the standout one Mm -hmm. or one of the standout ones cool all right so i'm going to do something interesting for my next one okay it's a fighting game oh oh, okay and you guess which fighting game fighting game intro i mean is it is it going to be street fighter 2 in the arcade i don't know what is it buddy not it's not i'm gonna read you transcending history and the world 
a tale of souls and swords eternally retold. Did that do anything for you? Is it Soul Calibur? Soul Calibur, yeah. Yeah. And that to me, like the intro for those games was the best. Like that line of the setup with yep. the weapons, and uh, then the, they would do the little movie with everybody fighting with their weapons, doing their practice moves or whatever. That to me was always my favorite fighting game intro of all time. It is so really cool. Have, have, yeah. Despite me being soul caliber being pretty far down on my list of actual favorite fighting games <laughs> i feel like i have to give them props for having the sickest intro that is a sick intro that is a sick intro you're not like you know what i was thinking of is like the old school street fighter 2 one that just had two randos that aren't in the game punching <laughs> each other yeah. in the, you punching know what i'm talking about <laughs> i do yeah, yeah that, for some reason i was like is he gonna say that because like listen when i when i see that it it gives me the tingles. It reminds me of playing Street Fighter Two, but I don't know if it's like on the list. Yeah, the I mean, you know, Mortal Kombat was cool if, if, in the arcade because it would play. You know, all those arcades had like the the attract, the attract mode, mode where yeah. where where they would blast music and they would show things on the screen. And for Mortal Kombat, it would just show the the basic story of it, usually with like a picture of Shang Tsung or something like mm -hmm. that, and he's like called the world's fighters together but it would be blasting the music at the same time loud and then you'd hell. see like a little yeah you'd see like the little sample match and the graphics would just make your head explode like ah man seeing mortal kombat for the first time was was something but intros in arcade games tough to do it is soul caliber pulled it off <laughs> all right buddy i'm gonna bring up um a quite a recent game uh, only a couple of years old at this point, and that is the opening of Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh, I love this one. This one's on my list too. Oh my god, dude! Like the way it starts with just like all those flags and like the voiceover about the Mongol Mongol Empire invading his home, and the fact that it's like what six or seven samurai versus hundreds of mm -hmm. um soldiers and like the fire raining down from the sky and uh buddy it's just incredible like oh yeah amazing and, my favorite part about it is is when um and it hit me so much harder the second time i i played through the intro i was gonna try to do uh a playthrough on the playstation 5 but i got distracted but the intro the second time when I was expecting it, I mean, I got a lump in my throat. Like the part where he he rides through the cherry blossoms and the field of brilliant flowers oh and the God. and the title the title screen actually shows and the music swells. One of the Oh best, my god. One of it's the best incredible man applications of a title screen. Cause that goes a long way. Like you know what I mean? Oh my like, god. Ugh. Buddy, that that's 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 a top five for me. It's it's goosebump inducing every time it is and it's beautiful it was beautiful on my fucking base playstation 4 i'm yeah. sure it's beautiful in the playstation 5 version like it is incredible give me ghost of tsushima 2 right now like i know this Man. will be i know this will be sacrilege to listeners but if if uh if the gaming gods came down upon me and said what would you rather play first god of war ragnarok or ghost of tsushima 2 
I would choose Ghost of Tsushima too. And I'm very excited Oof, for Ragnarok. Sure, that's a tough one. I I I feel like it would depend on the day, but today I agree with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. What you got next, buddy? So also in kind of a more recent mold, uh, it's a game that you've pl- at least played the intro to. If not, uh, I don't think you've played the whole game, but Prey. Oh, incredible. It's <laughs> so cool. Like It's such uh, a mind fuck. Yeah, especially when you figure out what's going on. And I don't want to spoil it for for whoever hasn't played it and is planning on it. But just the way they do the opening credits mm-hmm. uh, is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, is that one on Game Pass? I feel like it's on Game Pass. Well, it is a Bethesda game, or it's a or, Bethesda or game. A Cinemax game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, because uh, man, you know, if it's on Game Pass, check it out. At least play through the intro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think I think you'll be pretty impressed with what they do, even yeah. if the game is not your bag. Which it's it's my bag. I love that game. I uh, I totally agree with you on not spoiling like the twist and surprise of that opening, um, mm-hmm. because I do think it's something people should experience for themselves, and it's really cool. And in that same regard, I'm not going to spoil the opening for this next game, um, but it is incredible and unexpected, and there's like such a twist to it, and that is the opening of Mass Effect Two right i've been waiting for you to bring up a mass effect (laughs) mass effect 2 my dudes like the opening of that game sets the stage for that game in such an incredible way and like you know it starts off and you're fucking shepherd and you're on the normandy and you see all your buddies from the first game and then shit starts to go south real quickly and it was so shocking like you know, I, I picked up Mass Effect 2 at midnight when it came out, brought it home, popped it in my 360 and started playing it. And I just sat there with my jaw on the floor after the opening of Mass Effect 2. It is maybe my favorite opening of any video game. Like I've said, Mass Effect 2 is one of, if not my favorite games of all time. So, like, the, and the, the opening definitely plays into that. It is yeah. incredible. It is fucking incredible. Oh, Mass Effect 2. Hell yeah. Uh, at some point, I'm going to have to experience those. It's just going to have to happen. Yeah, man. Um, my next one is pretty much the only one that legitimately makes me cry like every time. And I've played through it like three or four times. So, And it's The Last of Us. Oh, my God. The first dude. one. Oh, so the God. the intro in the second one is fine. It's great. It that game's fantastic. I have nothing bad to say about The Last of Us Two, but the the intro to The Last of Us, where the the zombie outbreak happens, mm-hmm. and uh, Joel loses his daughter, is so heartbreaking and well played on by both the animators' part and the actors' part. Oh, I can't I can't praise. Um, the guy's acting enough, and his name is escaping me at the moment. It's Troy. Troy Baker. Troy something. Troy Baker. Thank you. God, he's he's incredible as Joel, and uh, I mean, he his performance throughout the games are incredible. But in that moment, I mean, he just nailed it, and they just do such a good job of capturing like the chaos of of 
an immediate collapse of society and yeah like the how, horrible things that happen that's what i was gonna say the way the game that that game starts off and you're playing is joel's daughter and you're going around the house and checking things out and like the little bits of like news you're seeing yeah and, like, you, it, you, you see you're there's a news broadcast she you can watch it on the tv yep and where the lady is like something explodes it's like a transformer or something and not only do you see it on the tv but you see it out the window so you realize well. how close this shit is to mm-hmm. you and then the fact yeah, that it starts off relatively slow for the the opening minutes and then hits a hundred miles an hour real quick and it is yeah what an opening like even just it's incredible thinking about it gives me goosebumps yeah, the Naughty Dog is one of those studios that I would I would put up there with from as far as like their attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like their attention to detail is 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 pretty incredible, honestly. Like when you play through the games, like when you go through the coffee shops or the bars or whatever, and you're scrounging around, take some time to just look around. You know, look at the posters they put up on the walls. They they made up all these fucking posters. These fake brands and i mean it's just so many little touches they do in their games to make them believable and i i appreciate it very very much and it comes through so much in that intro yeah and um i would i would throw into the list uh you know i'm not going to sit here and talk about it a a whole lot because i think the one for last of us is better but the intro for uncharted 2 also from naughty Naughty dog great one is real good is real that's good. a great one it's not nearly as heavy it's just way more of like it, it it's an edge of your seat like action movie moment that you are in in command of in a way that had not been done at that point mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then the way it you know me i love a good time jump too dude so like after the opening it time jumps and you know however far into the future and you're now like you know uh post-apocalyptic the game starts like pre-apocalyptic or Mm -hmm. you know during apocalyptic or whatever you want to call it and then that time jump uh it's so good man it's so good the last of us yeah 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 it's like a 20 year time jump Mm -hmm. uh i want to talk about one that has been endlessly memed on but i think you would like if you could go back in time and experience it again for the first time without all the memes you would be impressed. I bet I, I bet I can guess. What do you think it but is? Go ahead. No, is Skyrim. Yep, that's it, man. You got it. The <laughs> opening, the Skyrim, buddy. Like I said, there have been, like, if if memes were printed out on physical paper, like you could, <laughs> like, all the trees in the world would be gone because of all the memes made about this opening. But and it that game predates memes just about too so but like <laughs> Ugh, the the opening of that game man where you wake up and you're in this like this wagon being taken for execution and mm-hmm. like they get you up to the point where you're putting your head on the block to have your head cut off and you've got the perfect view of this giant fucking dragon swooping in mm-hmm. and causing chaos <laughs> And then, like, trying to survive and escape this village that the dragon has just... uh, It's incredible. Like, memes or not, it's really, really well done. And the first time I played it, I was like, my fucking God, they did it. Because, like, the the, uh, opening of, like, Morrowind and um, Oblivion, a little boring. 
you know? Right, right. No, yeah, um, Oblivion, the intro was really not anything super special for me, just waking yeah. the king up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but on that same kind of tip would be the Fallout series for me. Particularly, mm-hmm. I want to say Fallout Three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Fallout Three had had a really good one. I know Four Four is fine. Um, you know, you, you're, you're in the so house. Sad. And I, oh my The guy God. comes comes to your door, and you have to run down. And yeah, then there's that whole you see your partner get executed. But Three was the one that you just basically were born in the vault, and you kind of go through that whole prologue of living in the vault where it's almost normal right like you've got birthday parties and uh-huh. plenty of food you got friends and there's like a society and then um you end up something goes sideways and you have to you have to leave and you're just thrown out into the apocalypse and i hadn't played a fallout in forever like this is kind of the the reboot of fallout yeah and they pulled it off so well back then the graphics are a little dated now but even um, still, but, I mean, yeah, even still, it's it, incredible. Yeah, I, it really got you, um, got you ready for that game and uh, the whole VAT system and all that stuff. It's just so fun. What a great game! They've put out so many memorable ones, and I know we talked about Starfield getting delayed, and it sucks. But man, I can't wait for Starfield. Me neither, buddy. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, can't wait to see what kind of intro that game has you know or opening yeah. i want to talk about bioshock oh my god yes on my list <laughs> what an opening so like the whole game starts with you on a plane that you're it seems like you're about to hijack this plane right like it crashes into the middle of the ocean and then you have to swim to this lighthouse that's just in the middle of the ocean from somewhere and like the setup the sense of mystery, the music, and then coming upon Rapture for the first time. Like, dude, oh God. Jesus, yeah. what an opening to a video game, man. Yeah, the Rapture intro is super memorable. Mm-hmm. Super memorable. I mean, just that whole plane crash sequence is cool. You got people smoking on the airplane or whatever. Kind of yeah. instantly dates it. You yeah. See the, the upholstery <laughs> in the plane. It's so good, man. It makes me want <laughs> and, to I go mean, play it right now. <laughs> I know. God, the superior Bioshock game. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else happens with that series, though. Um, it's, it's not dead in the water. No. Unintended yet. It seems to be like it's in the works, and you want to talk about something that would I would be nervous to work on if it was me is the next intro entry in the Bioshock franchise, especially considering old Ken Levine is not involved. Um, mm-hmm. But it can be done. That's the thing. It can be done. So hopefully they, they do it. Yeah. <laughs> you I have, mean, you have any ones you want to bring up? I've got, uh, I've got, Dark Souls the first mm-hmm. on here as well, which uh, has is a cinematic intro, but uh, I feel like it's extremely well done. Obviously, you've seen what they've done in Elden Ring, mm-hmm. but I feel like this the stuff in Dark Souls, Dark Souls two, Dark Souls three, they all have phenomenal intros. Even Bloodborne, like which isn't readily apparent, you kind of have to let the 
the game sit at the opening menu for a minute and then it'll show you the the trailer mm -hmm. and whoo their cinematic trailers they only put them at the beginning you don't see any of that shit during the game well they kind of they kind of did put some stuff in elden ring this time didn't they like before you fought radon yeah like there was like a that cinema that was the first time they've done something like that and that it was, was a really cool me. one too pretty fucking cool yeah <laughs> so hopefully there's more but uh yeah like they don't do um cinematics for like the ending or anything like that right like, all that stuff is done with like the game gra in in engine or whatever but um, uh, their intros are really really amazing and they're so Just weird get you right in there <laughs> yeah so weird yeah i um i mean what were you gonna say Oh, there's just this part in the first Dark Souls where he, there's a guy, Gwyn, and you see all these dragons flying, and there's like hundreds of dragons, and he just launches this lightning spear. Like, you see it fly through the air, and yep. it hits this dragon, and parts of his head just shears off, and he goes, <laughs> hits the ground, blows up. That's shit. That's Tons cool. of shit like that. Yeah, man. Pretty incredible. Uh, I want to bring up, like, we mentioned one Sad Dad opening with The Last, uh, uh, Last of Us, and... You know, sometimes it seems like maybe PlayStation, um, they're they're mm. like uh, their thing is sad dad games for a little while. Uh, but I yeah, I, I gotta bring up 2018's God of War. Like, it just you got you gotta. Yeah. It's so sad, and like the, once again, the music playing that game for the first time and just seeing it the graphics and you know what i mean like it just was so breathtaking and and like if you were familiar with the story of god of war one through three you're like what the fuck is going on is this a reboot is this the same kratos i played in god of war one through three and it's just such a slow ramp up right where like you know you're you're going down the river you're chopping down this tree. You're taking it back. And it's just incredible. It is incredible. It really is. Like, it it, it sets it up with that whole single camera shot for mm -hmm. the whole game that you're, you're going to have, you know. Uh, and the dynamic with him and his son immediately. Also, just the hilarity of Kratos just lugging this gigantic tree. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> flipping it up on his shoulder like it's nothing. I love stuff like that. And then the whole, you know, burning of the wife and the kid uh, burning himself on the knife and taking him hunting. That whole, the, the whole prologue is good. You know, even the stuff that gets you in, involved in the, the game, immersed in the mechanics or whatever. It's so good. Uh, like, it does an excellent job of the tutorial, like seeming mm -hmm. fairly natural and stuff. Because... That's something I have to give video games. Like, they have gotten so much better with the tutorial aspect of the beginning of a game where it's not like this separate thing that you have to play. Like, it's you're playing the game, so you, if you at least feel like you're progressing. But it's slowly but surely introducing new me me mechanics and stuff to you. I think that is the way to go, and it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And they definitely pull it off really well there. Yeah. What a game. Um, yeah, we've talked about some good ones. Yeah. Um, I haven't written any more down, so I'm sure there's tons of stuff we're missing, but at the same time, like, I'd love to hear from some other people what they think. Well, that's what and, I was going to uh, say. Like, what are some yeah. of you guys' favorite video game openings? Let us know. Send us an email to 
ipostfrompod at gmail.com. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. If you had to pick three, three, do you think you could? If you think you could do it, and you're not beholden to this, of course. So just off the top of your head, if you had to pick three, and we can include Elden Ring in this because it's gonna be on mine. <laughs> so uh, we just we've talked about that one on lots of episodes. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Elden Ring, Mass Effect Two, and Final Fantasy Seven. Be it the original or the remake, those would probably be my three. Solid. I As really of like right it. Now. I think I think I'm going Ghost of Tsushima, Elden Ring, and Bioshock right now. Oh, my top solid three. too. Like I wish I could have included those three on mine too. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, um, buddy. Man, that was fun. I love talking about game intros. Yeah, and you know, uh, next episode will be our 52nd episode. So. Holy shit. A year, a year of blue of not blue harvest of high potion. I haven't missed a week. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. That's Thank great. you. Thank you for the dedication, buddy. Oh man, hell yeah. Green harvest. This yeah. is the uh <laughs> It's 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 nice that we get to kind of bank a few episodes. Yeah. I know that we are super current or whatever sometimes with our stuff, but we always catch up, I feel like, with what news we've missed when we do get back together. So Yeah. Yeah, and it, it makes it a lot easier, like, not having to, you know, schedule a podcast every week on top of all the shit I do for Blue Harvest. So it's made it it made, it's made it made fairly easy not to miss a week, and I really enjoy recording them this way. So, guys, listen, uh, hit us with a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Every 20 reviews, we give away a gift card to your gaming service of choice so get us there we'll give something away and it could possibly be to you uh follow steve on twitter at stone cobra follow me at blue harvest pod follow this very podcast at high potion pod and uh i think that'll do it buddy so uh go yeah, play and i just uh i just wanted to say one thing and that's uh sweet man well hey i think elden ring is awesome so until next time this has been the High Potion Podcast. Yama. Yeah,